Greetings, heathens and heretics, and welcome to In the Abyss. Uh, you've just got myself this week, but thankfully I've got a, a guest in the shape of one of the vocalists, Maxim, from, uh, well, personally, one of the most exciting British bands out there at the minute, um, the quite wonderful Wallowing. It's um, it's an absolute pleasure, and thank you for taking the time out to join me. Yeah, cheers. Thank you for having me and uh, taking the time to chat to me as well. Yeah, look, it's um, I I have been badgering you guys a little bit to try and get you on here because we first came across you. Uh, I think it was in the autumn last year when the the first Waterstones performance kind of got out on Twitter and that. But um, that's so that's where it started. But I'll, I'll come back to that a little bit later. Um, we'll start off with this year. Start off with where we are right now. Earth Reaper's been out a couple of months. Um, stunning piece of work. It's it's just. Took me a little bit of time to get into it, but when it doing and everything kind of clicked, it's just a, it's a fucking monster yeah, of an cheers. album. Yeah, and and you've received loads of positive feedback from it all over social media, the reviews, everything like. You've got to be, you've got to be pretty stoked with how it's gone so far. Yeah, I think we're all really, on the one hand, surprised, but also really grateful and thankful for it all as well. I think we knew what we were getting ourselves into in writing, you know really ambitious piece of music that's incredibly complex like you say yeah. it takes a bit of time to get into and so we're you know all very nervous because it's maybe not pick up and go and you know exactly what you're going to get with it so just hearing that people have taken it on board and taking the time to get familiar with it and have a positive reception is yeah really nice yeah i think we're in a time now where music is getting metal especially it's getting more extreme granted but it's you can be as extreme as you want, but if you haven't got content, you haven't got some songs to back it up, then there's there's not much point, is there? Yeah, exactly. You've got to have the riffs in it. Yeah, and you you you've got that in in droves, you guys. But um, it is like nothing I've ever heard before. There's there's been loads of bands over the years that that do noise, if you want to use that term. Um, I don't personally like it, but it's there. Um, but you know everything that's going on in this album, I can hear doom, hardcore, jazz, death metal. Um, I'll get to the black metal part of it in, in a minute. So all of you guys together, where do all these influences come from to create something like this? Blows so the main, <laughs> yeah, me too as well, <laughs> trying to figure it all out. But, um, going through mainly writing-wise is the guitarist and then with us all adding our own little bits and pieces as well. That's one good guitar bit from me. The bassist wrote some various bits as well. Um, mostly in terms of writing influence i think both of them are huge massive fans of rush and chicago and camel all of those you know really big prog bands so what they've done really is written a ridiculous prog rush inspired epic opus in the style of extreme metal bringing in all the aspects that we really love we all listen to and playing along with and thinking what is necessary to the section of the story on top of what we want to play as well and we're quite diverse in our ranges. We all listen to loads of different stuff. We all play loads of different stuff. And we bring those elements to the table as well. So you get this massive melting pot of ideas. And we're really good with each other at not just immediately shutting things down. We give stuff the time of day, find out what works, try a couple of different things within the framework of what we're doing. And yeah, see what fits the best overall. It's like a melting pot then, isn't it, basically? Yeah, exactly, yeah. massively. Yeah, I mean, the, the prog is a bit of a, dirty word it certainly is on this this podcast you know yeah, yeah. What, what you would traditionally call prog we we've we've had many many conversations about it and and my opinions are yeah well lamented on on prog but i think progressive is 
it doesn't just mean long songs, does it? it it's it's got to be something a bit adventurous about it, which is that kind of fits what you do. Exactly. It's that conceptual side. It's not just writing a riff in, you know, like five, eight or silly time signatures because you can or you want to. It's writing it because that's what's needed and that's what makes the song and that's what improves the song. If yeah. you're just dream theatering and wanking around, you know, in like ridiculous time signatures because that's what you do, cool, man, but I'm not here for it. And it's not necessarily interesting or engaging beyond that surface level of technicality. Is it musically, theory-wise, very impressive and playing-wise? Sure, but it doesn't do it for me, if that makes sense. For me, like, and especially the boys, it's like the main aspect is that soul, that drive behind wanting to do it because you love it. You're creating a story and, yeah, you've gone and passed the point where doing the basic stuff is interesting for you. Yeah. And you're doing stuff that you want to listen to, that you love, not just because, I oh, yes, I've sat down and mathematically worked out that this is what this section fits perfectly in theory-wise, dot, 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 you know. You've got to push boundaries, I think, haven't you? You know, if, if you're going to consider yourself progressive, don't, you know, stand on a stage and and like you said, just wanking off for 10 minutes. Yeah. It, it, it goes nowhere. You've got no. to have, you've got to go, it's got to go somewhere. I think that's what I'm trying to, yeah. It's, it's a hard, it's prog is just a hard thing to quantify. I've tried hard with it, but it's, it's never, it's, you know. Exactly, yeah. And I think when we say prog and we call ourselves technically a prog band, that's way more in the vein of, you know, classic prog, Rush, Camel, yeah. rather than any technical progressive death metal or anything like that you know i think two sides of the same coin but worlds apart but your 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 heavier sort of doomier end of of your music makes me think of you know the early days of cult of luna and bands like isis yeah. that you know i, I was yeah. really into kind of got really into those about 20 years ago and i think that's that's what's excited me about the album I'm, I'm hearing that same kind of intensity all over again that i haven't heard for a long time to be fair it's, that, it's not just intensity it's intensity and atmosphere as well you yeah. know it's creating that sense of dread throughout everything you do, whether it's a smashy hard like metallic hardcore riff or the drone sections, the doomy stuff. It's that little sprinkler post, you know, just that nice atmosphere that's permeating through the records. And the noise helps with that. Yeah. Having a whole overall concept really helps with that because, you know, we're in the in the room doing it and writing this album. It's like, oh, yeah, drummer's going there. He's trying to figure out what's going on. It's like, right, describe what's happening here. It's like, that's well, a fucking space battle, man. The drums are going to sound like a space battle. <laughs> it was like, no, no, no. I want to know what you're playing. He's like, stop thinking about what I'm playing. It's a space battle. Right, space battle drums. And that's what like happens. That. And that's that's basically what the whole approach is as well. It's what's happening here. How can we best reflect this whilst being absolutely ridiculous in the music? No, I I, I love that. The fact that it's it, so it, it sounds to me from the outside that it's all just coming together naturally. You don't overthink yeah. it. It's just you know, what you all bring to the party. Yeah, exactly. Um, cinder blocks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want you to give away any secrets or anything like that, but I've seen this knocking about and I've, I've tried to kind of work out where it is, but what is, is that true? Yeah. So they're definitely, they make, a, it's one of those things, once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Right. But okay. it's not right. necessarily the sound you might think you're looking for. I think I can say that. That's what we've said about it before. But it's, um, that kind of came about, we were in the studio recording the album, you know, taking a quick smoking break outside, sitting there, and it was like, we were doing the noise at this point, and we do lots of synth stuff, we do lots of organic noise and sounds as well, just using a lot of random bits and pieces that 
around the studio with uh, Joe at my studio in Manchester. Anyway, outside, look down, it's like there's just two just bricks there, building bricks. Oh, wouldn't that be great just to like grind them together, get a dirty little noise? And then Joe's there like, I've got something better. We go downstairs, he just drags out these massive cinder blocks. And the other vocalist um, mostly does all the noise and stuff. He's been pretty mellow for most of this recording process, you know, kind of sat there doing his thing. I've never seen a man sit bolt upright so quickly. <laughs> it's like child with a new toy of just like the sheer glee of like, you mean I get to like rub rocks together with my hands and create dirty noises? Amazing. And so we did a lot of that. It's nice because they hit this perfect point where they're grinding and squealing away and it just really cuts through really nicely as well. Yeah. But it's one of those things. There's so many other weird noises going on with the record as well. It's just narrowing into that one. But it it's might, nice it's, to like use that organic noise. It gives it that richness to the sound, you know? Yeah, yeah. It must be quite cool when people pick up on things like that. You know what I mean? There's one ridiculous like slam style sub drop that we just couldn't not put in the record as well, <laughs> which is lurking around near the end. And the first time we heard that, the level was a bit loud. It's kind of sat in the corner of this uh, monitoring room right in the bass trap. It's like, oh yeah, here we can suddenly hear it. <laughs> you literally like shook yeah. off the seat. It's like, all right. It's maybe a little bit loud, but it's, you know, all those little extra bits in there that bring it from that 90% finish to hundred percent done. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's really cool. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's sort of, again, going like, like talking about progressive music, doing that kind of thing could come across as, as pretentious or a bit wanky or why are you doing it? But you know, when it's all actually part of the concept and yeah, then, then it, then it's, it works, doesn't it? Exactly. Um, picking on a couple of songs off the album as well. Um, particularly the, the the first one that kind of made me really take notice was Cyborg Asphyxiation, which I thought was just fucking nuts. And yeah. then I heard the title track, um, all what twenty minutes or twenty one minutes. Or <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you write a twenty minute song like that? Because it it's it's got it goes everywhere, and every time something comes along you don't expect it and even now every time i listen to it it's still bits i don't expect it's again it's helped along by the conceptual side yeah and also separate to that when writing the album especially overall when he was putting it together his lips in his head and the guitarist's head he was thinking how to stretch the album and we knew going into it that we were going to have shorter longer longer and then just side beats that was something that we were aware of as well. And then once the story's hand in and you've got those different sections as well, then it starts to all come together. Each yeah. section is pieced together individually and then it's working out how you connect them together. So there's a lot of light motifs in the record. So a lot of the riffs from Flesh and Steel actually come back in another form in Earth Reaper because they represent certain characters that are okay. there in the story. And that gives it that nice continuous edge to it. It's like, okay, what's happening in this section? Oh, they're actually being tracked in the background by these figures in the back. And so here this riff kind of sneaks in and that gives right. it a really nice link into the next section. So it's either you can wash it out with noise or actually because the riffs are written to fit together, like pieces of a puzzle, they do fit together nicely like that. Fucking hell! All right, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't expect it to, to yeah. yeah, the the thought that the thought process that goes through your guy's head is, is yeah, it, that's, that songwriting process 
not being a songwriter, I, I've said this on previous episodes, it always fascinates me anyway, but to this level, it's... Yeah, it's, it's again, even me, like still, it, for all of us trying to get our head round it through the process of writing was such a task as well. There were so many points, it's like, oh, I think it should be this. We think it should be that. It needs to be this. And one of us is just sat there like, I can't do that. That's beyond <laughs> me. And then when I was like, you can. No, man, I can't. And then a week later, you're doing it and you're like how did it come to this and that's every week of writing the album just yeah it's never going to get boring is it no um that you signed to church road records for this album as well um which i think is a great move because it's just a great label so many top quality releases almost every month now um how did that kind of come about uh they actually reached out to us i believe um so obviously looking at new album looking at what the next steps were going to be potentially different labels sludge was awesome uh for planet loss uh i think the reception for that was really good i wasn't with following at the time but was also a big wallowing fan which is cool and then now with church road they reached out and it just kind of seemed like a no-brainer yeah. both because amazing roster they're in bands themselves yeah. so they completely understand all the extra bits that go into it but because they were really receptive to all the extra stuff that we do we were saying, okay, we want to be doing these comic books again. We want them to be going out with the album. They're like, oh my God, amazing. So on board, which, you know, seems again, like a no brainer. They want to do all the cool shit that we want to do. They're local, really good UK roster. They seem to just be slowly collecting all the best kind of heavy acts in the yeah, UK. They do. Under Jar yeah. just signed to them. And yeah, and they give everyone their time of day as well. You know, whenever yeah. we've done a London show, chances are they've made it out. So they've tried to make it out or they've been in touch about it. They're always pushing for everything, just the nicest people as well. Yeah. So. No, it's, it's cool. They, you're right. They they've they are picking off some really, really strong bands at the minute. And uh, yeah, yeah they, they, they've got to be pleased with the roster they've got. And they're really good for physical music as well. Yeah. And like you say, with, with all the other things that you guys do, I'll, I'll come to that in a minute. Um, they're great for vinyl, you know, cassettes. I know, you know, are really popular again now as well, but, as, as a metal fan, it's really important, something physical. We go on about yeah. it a lot, but whatever it is, it's great to see labels pushing that, especially smaller labels where, you know, the, the financial commitment to releasing vinyl, obviously it's huge. Exactly. And the quality of it, it's just, it's been outstanding. I think the first time we all sat listening to it together on the vinyl, on the vinyl mix, it was just silence through the whole thing yeah. as well. Normally, you know, chatting away whatever oh yeah that sounds good oh this bit you know nothing kind of we're just basking in the sound because yeah. it's like it's there and it's real the records in front of us it's no longer this thing that we've been listening on headphones computers and phones you know going through the mixes and the mastering for months it's like it's here and we can hold it and it looks sick and yeah the sleeve was just so nice for this one like the quality of it was top notch and yeah kind of blew us all away i think it is a really nice package. I've got the, the, the green vinyl. And, oh, and nice. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so good to see the artwork on 12 inches. Yeah. Um, your logo as well is, is, is something that I love. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of black metal yeah. logos. So it was, was that the intention with it, to, to give it that black metal feel? Um, so it was originally half-drawn by the guitarist back when, I think when he was, all the wing was just a speck in his eye as well. I went to uh, Luke Oram, who does the logo, yeah, does all of the uh, the comic book art and everything like that as well, and has done all the album covers for us, and basically like 
a sixth member of the band with how much he's contributed to it. Um, and he drew it by hand, drew the first logo, and then with the revised ultra drippy one, did it by hand. It's a hand done logo, which is why it's the way it is. I always find hand done ones are way more organic again. Yeah. They just Agreed. look much aesthetically more pleasing. And I think <laughs> drippy was uh, the main <laughs> the main uh, component of the new one as well. Like I've got some bits and pieces, like some of the old hats with the old logo. And I remember it was kind of a shift in a new one. And at the time I was like, oh, I kind of prefer the old one. But now I'm just like, no, nah, man, more drippy is more good. Just, it looks great. And especially just it seeing does. it, yeah, on large, on the record, it just, it fits really nicely. So Yeah, it does. You've got the all important symmetry as well. That's, that's, oh, yeah. No, that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's got to be there. But, um, um, so look, let's talk about the, the concept as a whole then um, of, of the band, not, not so much the album. Um, yeah. You know, the music, the visuals, your anonymity as well. What is that something that you all, I mean, you said you you joined the band a, a little bit later, but was that the intention right from the outset to be anonymous and, and to take away, you know, names and, and all that? I don't think it was right from the very start. It was more about the, the whole of Planet Loss. Uh, the first album was written by the guitarist and wrote that himself, yeah. did everything. And then everyone came on board after that and he brought to them a fully formed album and said, I want to play this. This is what I've written. Let's figure out the other parts around it. Yeah. And so that was all him. And when Wallowing first started, there wasn't the suits. Uh, there wasn't as much of that anonymity as well. It was just playing really heavy doom played by Krusty's basically at the end of the day. And then, um, it started as a venue in Brighton called Bee's Mouth. And I think that's when it started. Turned up in spray-painted black uh, beekeeper costumes. And then it kind of stuck. And I think it was do one show on with the suits, one show off with the suits, tied into the overall concept. So we've also got these comic books, these graphic novels, the main character in these graphic novels in the story, the Wobble Nought, also wears workers' outfits, yeah. the workers' uniform that looks like these original outfits and then other ones that we wear styled on that. And then as it's grown and grown and grown and been more about this concept, the more important the anonymity is, it's not never find out who we are and who's in this band. It's this band isn't about us in the yeah. same way that Sama's band isn't about, you know, Soma and Greg and all of that. They used to sound playing behind the amps because yeah. it's about the music. In the same way for us, it's about the concept, it's about the experience, it's about the music. By depersonalizing it from us, you're not just, ah, oh, here's a guy playing a prog album on stage. It's, oh, Matt, there's like the wobble knot and the lights and the smoke and the yeah. lasers. Like, I'm experiencing Planet Loss and Earth Reaper and all of that. And so now that it has developed and grown, that's become a much larger part as well. And that was a decision that we made specifically with this album to, we want it to be anonymous and faceless as well yeah. and we want to step ourselves away from it personally our names aren't on the record sleeve it's not about us yeah. if that makes it, sense it, it makes it more immersive i think i mean i haven't yeah. seen you guys live yet but I, I get that from you know from from what i've seen so far we'll, we'll i'll be catching you with frozen soul later this oh, year. amazing that's gonna be a yeah that's yeah really excited for that quality show that looking forward to that and, and yeah off the back of that 
Are you are you finding it difficult to book shows because because yeah. of of how you do things, or is it having the opposite effect? It's, now? We are. It's a bit of both. We do have now again that are at the level we can stipulate. This is what we do. This is the live show. We have smoke. We have lasers. We have the costumes, and we have to have a PA powerful enough to be able to crank the noise out yeah. out front as well. Everything else, you know, is fine. We still like playing super crusty venues, really sticky venues, so long as we can also have those things as well. Yeah. And it might mean that it has been a little bit more difficult in some places because some places might not allow smoke or lasers or you check with the venue before and you show up and it's like, oh, actually, we didn't read the text back properly. You're not allowed this. Sorry. But overall, there's a load of venues that do allow all of that as well. Yeah. We're still very lucky that even with the number of venues shrinking, we're still lucky to have those spaces that we can go and do what we do, Yeah, especially in the UK as well. There's enough of them out there still, which is great. And they've got the support, you know, of bands and community and everything like that. So, yeah, yeah, and it, it is important. Look, it's the, the small gigs now, the, the small gig circuit, I think, is is getting more and more important. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen anything knocking about on social media, but I saw a post today um not not referring to you guys and um it was a picture of the 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 Def Leppard Motley Crue show at Wembley yeah. Stadium at the weekend and that was while Crew were playing and the place was probably 35% 40% full yeah you know and so that's you, you so you're talking 100 quid for a ticket plus your drinks and food and travel and all that kind of thing so you know these these small shows now like Frozen Soul yourself Celestial Sanctuary that's a a fucking killer lineup in a tiny little venue for I think what twelve quid a ticket. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's almost like a no-brainer. So, yeah, yeah. It's, that's it. It's, that's it's a no. It's a no-brainer. And I've always, since I started going to shows and everything, went to a couple of big shows, but pretty much from like when I was able to get into venues at eighteen and all of that, it was five pounds all day, yeah. seven bands, you know. Yeah. And for me, that's always been like, ah, oh, that's not a usual thing. I still find that surprising. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And even now, it's like costs going up. Completely get it, but. Yeah, for those massive like stadium shows where it's hundred quid a ticket, I can't quite wrap my head around it. I don't think I'll ever no, it's mad. do it. You know, it is it is it's fucking mental. But but look, you know, I think I suppose artists they have to make their their living if if you're making a living from it by touring. So it's a bit of a catch twenty two, isn't it? We've got all this essentially free music out there, or you know, ten quid a month, whatever. We, we're now almost paying the price for the tickets because. That's where they've got to make exactly. a living from. So. And I think we're quite lucky, you know, in the, the metal world. Like you say, people love to have something physical. Mm. Vinyl's a big thing. Cassettes, merch, massive. You know, if you're in other genres, it's less as much of a thing, yeah, if that definitely. makes sense. So yeah. even though the streaming and stuff has taken away from a lot of those streams of revenue, if you want to make things financially viable as a band, we are still lucky on the flip side that, people want cool shit yeah 100%. Um, yeah, yeah. Metal, metal fans are hoarders oh yeah that's basically what we are in it whether it's vinyl cds shirts everyone's fucking, got something like flags fucking, you know yeah. every, everything you've got to you must have everything in it you know which is which is great I yeah like, and you know, why we yeah. change it Nah, for us we try to uh, keep it reasonable like it's really important to us to do it ethically like yeah. we have a good fan base who loves what we do and love to pick up the cool shit that we do, you know, action figures, comic books, ridiculous merch designs, just finish that run of pink booty shorts and stuff like that. 
but it's um, yeah but for us we want to make it affordable we never want cost to be the reason that someone isn't able to access what we do yeah and we never want to take the piss with it you know some bands are you know you get a t-shirt printed for three quid and then you sling it for 30 quid and call it a day yeah you know and that's we, we can't do that within ourselves you know no that's just not what we're about as well we want it to be still diy still ethical but with that quality and we've got to make it sustainable as well yeah i think and more and more more and more, more and more bands are starting to do that i think look yeah. at the you know look at the quality of the goods as well as just selling merch and i'll apologize to our listeners before i go rambling on now but <laughs> almost every week i moan about merch cuts at venues you oh, know it's, it's becoming a real thing and and criminal man yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, I'm I'm going to see Maiden at the O2 tomorrow night, and I know for a fact T-shirts are forty quid. Yeah, yeah, it's you just like, yeah, it's it's ludicrous, it's ludicrous. But I, I, exactly. I won't spend ages going on about that. No, and you've got the option of you either take that hit as a band, which isn't good for you in the long run, no. or you offset it to your audience, which isn't good for them in the long run. You know, no, nobody wins in those situations, apart from the venues. But then O2. As a you know, yeah, their, exactly. their venues, all their academies, they're the worst for it. You know, thinking outside the box now. I think selling your your merch in a in a pub down the road. Yeah, or, well, that's or, what Asky or, did you know. in uh, Copenhagen, where it was. He was like, "There's yeah, merch cuts to venues. We're not doing that. Fuck that. Come to our rehearsal room. Let me know when you're here. You get ten percent off anything. Like yeah, whatever yeah. you want. You know, it's what you've got to do." Yeah, and if yeah, if it drives a bit of creativity and, and it makes something a bit more interesting, then then maybe there'll be a, a positive to come from it. But at the minute, it's fucking winding up. It really is. Yeah, it really is. But I, I I'll leave that there. Um, so look, the other challenges around getting out and playing live, then and touring, and like you said, the, the cost and that. Are you hoping to get into Europe as well in the future? Is that something? Yeah, that hopefully next year. That's something that we'd like to do. So we played Switzerland earlier last year yeah. as well, uh, which was amazing, and that just kind of got the bug in us as well for doing that a bit further afield. Um, but it's, it's just, if we can get it, the plan is try and sort some stuff for next year. Um, we're going to be working with Tyler from Heavy Mountain Agency next year as well, who books loads of really cool stuff. Um, hopefully be able to sort something. And it's just where the audience is as yeah. well and yeah. getting it out there, you know. So fingers crossed for that. What about festivals then? Do you think do you think your 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 performance would work in a festival setting? So we're playing like a tangent this year, yeah, yeah, which is going to be yeah. a really good testing ground for yeah. that essentially as well. It's a bigger stage, so the middle one is still a tent, but it's the daytime. It's a big one, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and then the one that we played in Switzerland was a small little three day one venue kind of fest thing, yeah. but like four bands a night over the course of three days, and that went down really well. So yeah festivals are a tricky one aren't they they're almost becoming a necessary evil now i think exactly yeah and if we can do it ideally it's either at night or it's in a tent and it's fine it's a bit weird doing it in a broad daylight that's um always a strange one yeah 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 this this certain thing i remember seeing um dark funeral at bloodstock last year and you know it was like fucking 40 degrees heat and they're they're melting in all this leather head to toe and it was just yeah it it didn't quite yeah it didn't work but so we just touched on your merch game and everything like that so and and the reasons behind it space tapes talk space to me about tapes. that about these these little packages yeah so originally planet lost came out on a load of different labels they were involved to release it in different formats 
and Astronoise, which isn't really doing that much anymore. But at the time when it was functioning as a label, put out the original Planet Lost cassettes as well and said they wanted to do something sick with it, basically. And I think loads of ideas were thrown around. They were thinking about putting it in a asteroid or spacey or a rock or anything, but that's obviously not the most like practical thing to make happen. So it ended up being this ridiculous sci-fi space like data tape essentially and then that really latched on the idea so now every time subsequently it's been okay now we're going to do the space tapes we expect that of ourselves and people expect that of us we've got to make it even better this time yeah so you had the original ones then you had the reissue space tapes then the space tapes for the uh the split were just a next level step up as well yeah they were the ones that all gold fully unfolded came with like a piece of space weird kaleidoscopic machinery depending which version you had all the way up to uh this one for the uh earth reaper space tapes which just turned out phenomenal uh so we approached a prop maker that got uh recommended to us she's done loads okay. of stuff on dark crystal and uh some of the witcher as well jocelyn i can't remember her uh handle or tag but you can find it if you dig around um and yeah, just created this incredible space tape for us. It's got moving parts. It latches up as well. It's like corroded metal with acid and everything. It just looks ridiculous. And I've no idea how we're going to top it for the next ones as well. But it's one of those things that was started as, huh, wouldn't that be a good idea? And is now just a force unto itself as well, you know? Yeah, again, it's that tangible thing, isn't it? But that's that's got to be fun when you sit there, right, how are we going to yeah. beat this? What, what are we going to, what exactly. can we do next, you know? Yeah, yeah and it's, it's just at the end of the day, it's just fucking sick as well. So, yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about at the end of the day, isn't it? I think the, the one thing I, I want to talk about more than anything really is Waterstones. Yes. So, yeah, to, to sort of to, to take you back to where, where this came from for us, we actually named an episode back in November. Yeah, Black Metal Beekeepers. Beekeepers. Yeah, so we we all clustered around the uh, speaker in the car and listened to that comment where we were driving. It was, um, appreciate that. That is really cool. And then when it popped up, uh, you guys were interested. It was like, why does that sound familiar? Oh, shit, it's you guys. You're the ones who did that one, which is really cool. But yeah, it's really nice to see people just like really, I don't know, just seeing that we were doing that, just be like, that's fucking sick. And for anyone, I guess, outside the UK who doesn't really know what a Waterstones is like, to be doing a gig like that in a space like that, where it's just, it's normally quiet, it's normally peaceful. Yeah, you just got nice, chill bookshelves everywhere and then there's just you know five space jumpsuited men running around and screaming and getting really sweaty is <laughs> not what you normally expect to see I, I i watched it over and over again just wondering what the fuck am i watching and when we were talking about it i i was sort of reluctant to name the episode that because i didn't want it to seem like we were sort of taking the piss of it almost because i wasn't entirely yeah, yeah. sure what the concept was and i thought yes. yeah, fuck it we'll, we'll go with this because I was I was really fascinated by it, and then as I started to get more and more into your music, understood it a bit more, and yeah, it makes sense. But um, and you've been back and done it again, yeah, which um, I don't think any of us expected to happen. No, they no. reached out to us this time as well, which was again a bit mind blowing as well because we thought once we did that first one, you know, that's it. They know what it's about now. Yeah, never being invited back to this again, kind of thing. <laughs> that's really loud. But um, so the first time we were. We were invited along by Tom Coles, who wrote a book on death metal. Yeah. And uh, it was, let's get some death metal going on as well. Um, and Tom's a good mate and sorts us out for that. And then the reaction to that was just phenomenal. So this time, 
because we also do the comic books and there's that link to literature, they wanted us to come and play like a arts fair as well. We yeah. brought Luke or Andy, uh, the artist along as well. He had a stand doing all his comic stuff, all his art stuff as well, which is really sick. And we brought uh, Torpa along with us this time, three piece from Bristol who are just phenomenally heavy and the nicest people in the world as well. And yeah, this time brought loads more gear, loads more cabs, loads more speakers, 215, 810, you know, PA, powered wedges, the whole lot, just to make even more of a racket. Uh, is that you that's um, crouched on, on top of the bookshelves in one of the yeah. photos? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's me. I like uh, having a good run around and perching on things. And when he's, yeah, it's normally me running around, jumping off stuff and doing some spin kicks and having a big time. Do you think it will lead to anything, any more kind of unusual shows? Because... You know, I've, there's been a few, like HMV have been doing a few lately, uh, bits and pieces. Uh, um, a yeah, I saw. A bank yeah. called End of the Swarm. Yeah, uh, I saw uh, a Karnstein, yeah. another kind of like yeah, another one. Wanted, um, and... End of Swarm just, just tore the fucking place apart kind of thing, yeah. which is, you know, so full on. But do you think you'd do anything more than that, more interesting, more I mean, usual we'd shows? love to if we could <laughs> be incredible. And we're if there's anyone out there that wants to see us in a ridiculous place, start like badgering people please to get in 100%. touch with us yeah, but, yeah um, I'll, I'll definitely yeah. back that it's one of those things there's something about as a performer playing in somewhere where you feel intrinsically that this is wrong that you shouldn't be playing in <laughs> yeah yeah that's incredibly cathartic it just brings it to another level as well yeah and it puts you sense. in that headspace and you're like it makes you want to perform to 110 percent of your ability because you're you know it's just something so completely different that you want to smash out of the park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get that. I get that. I mean, it's even spawned its own fucking hashtag now, Bookmosh. Yeah, exactly. Bookmosh. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> First, Bookmosh was the thing. And then now this one, I think a couple of people who were there this time who were at the first one, they were like, yeah, it was sick. I wouldn't miss this. I told all my mates about this. We had mates come down from Sheffield and Hampshire and various other places who we were not expecting to see in Bristol as well, which is really yeah. sick. Um, yeah, and there was like 100, 150, I'm not entirely sure of numbers, but a lot of people there as well, which when they're spread in a big old circle and all you can see is books and people, it's uh, it's pretty something. So and I think I, I like that as well, because you're on on the floor in the middle yeah. of a bookshop and you've got all these people around you and, and it just, the whole, the whole package just seems to work for your performance. Yeah, and it was just right. so loud. I cannot explain <laughs> how loud it was. Just, yeah, ridiculous. Uh, it's 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 a great idea, and look, it's weird. These these things are weird these days. If it gets out on social media, it can just go exactly. It's we uh, I saw we Kerrang uh, featured it on their news thing, which was really sick and really cool to have that on board. And that's I think currently on the front page of like the Kerrang website, shared yeah. by Empiricon and stuff. Which it's like, huh, didn't expect to see that there, kind of thing, you know. <laughs> And it's that whole, like, you know, we're all familiar of the, you know, what the fuck is up, Denny's. And, yeah, yeah. But us wanted that to be for ourselves, um, what the fuck is up, Denny's moment. Or just, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no it's, it's, it's brilliant. I, I hope you kind of, you know, go from strength to strength. But if, if you had the opportunity then, money was no object, how far would you want to take your performance, your concept? Go nuts. Yeah, so we're currently, it's really DIY. And... It's one of those B-movie things of the smoke and the lasers and the darkness and the lights do help it seem larger than life. Yeah. If it's just in broad daylight, it's, you know, we've got 
five guys in boiler suits with some body packs and uh, some weird looking hats going around, you know. <laughs> so anything that we could do to build on that would be great. I want, if I could spend as much money as I could, a custom body pack that I could actually drink fucking beer and water out of. <laughs> so I don't have to keep faffing around because I cannot explain to you how hot these things are. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but also, you know, like we want to do some more stuff. It'd be really cool to work with Justin a bit more in the future, get more stage props yeah. going on. We did a gig with uh, Zetra, done a few bits with them and they've yeah. got a whole setup as well. So just, you know, it's little things like that. It's stuff you can drape over the amps. It's, um, yeah. if you haven't seen us live as well, we've got the noise board at the front with everything yeah. on, but often attached to the front of the noise board is this corrugated electronic metal circuitry. It's got lights in it. There's loads of dials and just looks like something out of some like ridiculous, grimy space junk film, you know, just basically that on everything covered in hazard tape, essentially. <laughs> What is the noise board then? Talk me through that because yeah. that's kind of the, the thing that, that stuck out the most. Yeah. So it's, um, this is its, I think it's like fifth or sixth iteration as well. And there's lots of different bits on there. So we've got a DI out and our vocals go into the board right. and then the noise comes out and the vocals come out. Vocals are running through some filtering, a delay, that sort of thing. So we can control that really swampy, nice kind of spacey echo vibe. And then all the noise stuff, so the synth, the uh, ambient noise, any samples, any, like, put five distortion pedals together through a modulator and whatever, you know. There's a little mixing desk on the board and just a load of other different bits as well. Yeah. Everything feeds into there so we can control the levels ourselves. It feeds through a little uh, original, like, chaos pads so you get a nice, like, filter sweeps and cuts going on as well. Then it all goes out front uh, to the PA and to monitors and everything like that as well. But it just means that we can have any samples that we need. If there's a specific sound, we can, there's another little mic that goes into the noise desk that builds yeah. into a distortion that also, you know, you do that whilst you're blending in the sound of synth and it's really versatile on what we can do with it. But it's just- It's a lot to think yeah. about. <laughs> it's a lot to think about. Hence why I'm pretty glad that there's two of us doing it as well. Yeah so yeah was it always planned to have it front and center like it is yeah i think so i yeah. think so also because that's just naturally where you are as a vocalist yeah, yeah. as well and it was uh yeah the vocalists the ones who doing the noise because they've got the yeah. hands to do it and then a noisy voice it's now it's been really nice having the synth with this album there was a couple of synth bits on planet loss and the split that was done but this was the first album that parts are written with synth in mind to have synth live yeah. as well so coming in and doing that synth in the studio and then doing it live and figuring out how it works in the context of the sound is just it adds a whole extra component as well yeah. to that writing process and it's like okay where's it going to be used to bump up the overall sound where's it going to be used as a lead instrument to do lead lines or where's it just going to make ridiculous spacey glitchy noises you know and it really helps having that feed into the noise board because it gives you that control and it embeds it in the sound, in the texture. It's not like, here's a band, here's some noise, and then here's a yeah. piercing synth over the top. You know? There's been a lot of bands over the years. When I was first getting into sort of more extreme music and and you, you kind of then start trawling through, or back then, we are talking 20 odd years ago, so it was LimeWire and Napster and things like that, you know, Um it was a lot of it I just couldn't get my head around, but every now and then something clicks. I remember a band called The Locust. Yeah. 
that that Kerrang at the time were were raving about this, and I listened to it and I thought, no, I, this, this no, yeah. I've got no idea what this is. It, it's what I can hear in you got you guys' music is you know you got that there's hardcore breakdowns in there that come yeah. from nowhere, and and like you said, the atmospherics and and that's what that's what stands out, you know. So that's 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 where you that's that's how you achieve. It, I think it sticks in your ears, sticks in your head. There's 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 hooks. Yeah. You know, exactly. That, it's it's written happens. with that. How can this be monstrously heavy, interesting to listen to, but also catchy? Yeah. And that's something that I guess if you're in any band, something you want to strive for, but it's really hard to achieve as well and takes a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Um, and that. still, you know, most bands have like two out of three. And I'm really glad for this one. We kind of hit the nail on the head because it's so easy to, to get wrong through no fault of your own it's you think this is going to be the part and then you know it doesn't quite stick or anything like that but it's been nice that it's all come together in such a way as well and it's transformed how wallowing performs and behaves as a musical entity as well yeah planet loss was especially when you go back and look at some of the videos more spacey more crusty more doomy and less overall proggy as well so the yeah. performance was a little bit more mellow a bit more static you know vocalists hanging off the mic stand guitars and bass still rocking around but now it's like perching on stuff running around jumping everyone's just completely losing it which is a step ahead and that's because that's been provided by the music it goes harder it has more atmosphere there's more doom and drone there's more black metal there's more death metal there's yeah. more of that metallic hardcore going on yeah, I saw a video clip. I think it was, I think it was New Cross in, and uh, you know when you you can actually get out on the floor and in and amongst people. And yeah. I've always, I've always loved that. I love it when hardcore bands do that. It's always really good. It's just yeah. that interaction and and that I can see how that would really work for you guys. Exactly, and for me, like I'm a massive fan of hardcore and like post the atmospheric black metal stuff and everything like that. That's for me kind of where I come from. Like the sludgy atmospheric black metal stuff yeah and then a bit of hardcore and then like drone stuff as well less the proggy bits so that yeah. now there's a chance to be have ridiculous screechy black metal vocals and you're perching someone going you know but then also a chance to run around and uh, do some jumps and kicks it's really nice to be able to feed all that in there rather than you know just a lot of vocalists kind of stand there quite statically which is cool but i could never do that i've got too much energy and to not run around like a headless chicken for an hour. Do you think the anonymity helps with that? Because you can lit you always just let yourself go. Yeah. Yeah. For me, definitely. It's you know, you put the hoods on, you're going into space. You're no longer whoever you are, you are the Wobbernaut. You're in space. You're enclosed. You've got this little box that you can see through and there's smoke and lasers and it's just so loud. And you we start and we don't stop. When we play the set, there's no breaks. There's no right. okay, we're gonna stop now have a little chat, you know, thank people for coming. It's unrelenting. Yeah. Always moving, always doing stuff, which you don't have time to think about who you are with that. You're just embodying that element, that noise that you're making as well. I've not done a wallowing show, not in a suit. Yeah. Obviously, like the band started outside of that, but since I've been a part, it's always been in the suits. And I think it would make me feel really naked performing not wearing the yeah. suits and i don't know actually how i'd react to that as a performer as well 
just because it is such a, a headspace that you get into every yeah. time. Yeah, and and there's some bands you go and see that you want a bit of interaction, you want a bit of banter, you want to know how you're doing, all that kind of thing. And then there's others you just want the performance. Yeah, I think the first words that were ever spoken in a wallowing set outside of just a little thanks at the end were something had gone terribly wrong, the vocals are plugged in, and then the other vocalist just like, welcome to space. <laughs> the, like the first words after five years of wallowing going to band, just welcome to space breakdown hits it's like oh perfection yeah see there are moments like that you'll always remember that exactly yeah it's just it's, it's fucking awesome um any bands you'd like to play with do you think given the opportunity fucking all the bands to be honest as many <laughs> as we can um we're really lucky that we toured with loads of our contemporaries and played with loads of our contemporaries in the uk um but just biggest shows basically yeah, yeah. at this point like it's we, um, for all of us, one of our dream bands to play with, I think, was Primitive Man. And we got the opportunity to play with them at um, White Hotel in Manchester last year, which was just mind-blowing as well. Yeah. Like, if you'd told Teenage Me or whatever, like, even any of us from a couple of years ago that, you know, you're going to be playing this venue with this band who's been so influential and so yeah. huge, it's just mind-blowing as well. That was a really big thing for us. Playing with uh, Wiggy Dude, in Switzerland was huge for us as well. That was amazing. Yeah, any ridiculous big spacey band is always going to be a good fit <laughs> as well. And bands that have elements that you wouldn't normally expect. So yeah. lots of bands that have a noise element, lots of bands that have stuff that's not just your basic turn up and play ridiculous riffs as well, you know, is always going to be a good fit. And also Burner, because we love Burner. And we've been trying oh, to sort of yeah, stuff with them yeah. for forever and their label mates. And it just makes sense. And we still haven't managed to make it happen yet. That, that album is it's just fucking absolutely savage. It's, it's yeah, it, it reminds me of of going back to, you know, the stamping ground days. Just this, just just brutally so in your face and so intense. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, an absolute monster of an album. Love it. Exactly. Yeah, I think all of us is like, we love their stuff. They love our stuff. And it's just continue like, right, we've got to sort of show. We've got to sort some tours. And it never quite lines up. Yeah, which yeah, one day, yeah, you need to make that day. happen. You need to yeah. make that happen. Do you think though, if you know a, a slightly more mainstream metal act gave you a chance to support, would you take that kind of challenge? To yeah, to, definitely. You know, it's got to bring the wob to to anyone we can. It's yeah, um, absolutely fastest if we can play and there's a PA and all of that, and we've got the space. We'll show up and we'll show you that even when you're wearing ridiculous things and like thirty degree heat and you're dying, you can still put on a ridiculous show. You know, there's, there's no excuse at the end of the day to not bring as much energy you can and to not just, yeah, play ridiculous, spacey, sludgy riffs as loud as you can. So, yeah, but yeah, it. definitely. It's one of those things that the more people that know about us, we get that we might not be everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. And that's completely cool. But also the more people that we can expose to what we're doing, the better, because we really believe in it as well. So it's nice to be able to get our time of day, if that makes sense. Not in a narcissistic kind of way, but it's like <laughs> we love what we do in and of itself. And to be able to share that with other people is such a joy. And to yeah, yeah. see people connect with it, you know, that's why we do it, to make ridiculous yeah. music that we love. And, you know, as a musician, surely there's nothing better than, you know, 20 people standing in front of you with their arms folded going, go on then, impress me. And you fucking rip their faces off. Yeah. It's when you're yeah. looking out and you're seeing... Yeah. The one geezer who's just been standing there like stony face for the entire gig and he's just making the 
the proper like stank face. And you're like, that's it. We've done it. We've hit the peak of the show now. You can go home. Yeah, but, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, massively satisfying. Isn't it? And, and look, I, I love that. I love going to see a band and and not really having great expectations and just being completely blown away. Um, last year, saw Anal Nathrak and Psy. Amazing. Psy were a band I couldn't really get into on record, but saw them live and they just fuck, just absolutely wiped the floor. Oh, I'm so jealous. You know, they were they were unreal. And and since then, I've got a whole new love for them. So, yeah, having that feeling is great. Yeah. So There's a lot of bands who, you know, are stellar on record and you go and see them and it's like, oh, man, I should have just left it with the record. <laughs> and there's other bands that, you know, you see them live and you're like, eh. But then you listen to the records, you're like, oh, this is a completely different beast yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's just trying to find that sweet spot of both as well. And I think if you can... And I think the heavy underground in the UK is really good yeah, at nailing both of those things. Yeah. And if any of the, you know, especially like Church Road lot as well, I really believe in our compatriots, I guess you want to say, that like if any of them got the chance to do a big show, they can bring a ridiculous show and then prove it on a record as well. Yeah. And thankfully, we're lucky that we exist in a scene which has enabled us all to get to that point. So any opportunity for any of us to break out is always going to go well. Like you're seeing with, you know, Ithaca, with Harriet, with all of that. They've given a chance and they've been smashing it, you know, and they're incredible. So, Yeah, and, and, you know, the the mainstream music press is starting to take notice of bands like this as well, which is, you know, and these bands are quite extreme, yet I've seen NME starting to mention bands like Harriet and that. Yeah, they had their big spread cover as well with um, a couple of different bits, which is really sick and, yeah. The, the the British scene at the minute, extreme metal, death metal in particular, it's, it's, oh, yeah. it's about as strong as it's, it's ever been at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Like all the stuff like, you know, vacuous and coffin mulch and everything. It's just, it's really, really strong. And I'm so glad that it's come back in a big way as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the, that, the, the new coffin mulch, that coffin mulch full length. The vinyl, so the vinyl turned up today. I haven't had the chance to listen to it properly yet, but in the car oh, and man. whatnot, yeah, it's... It just makes me think of Entombed, you know, and I, you know, I miss that band greatly. So just to have something coming along, especially being British, even better, you know. And yeah, you talk about Vacuous, yeah, exactly. another, another great band, just absolute killer band. So yeah, it's it's wicked. Look, um, before we uh, before I let you go, um, what are the plans now for the next sort of twelve to eighteen months? You mentioned sort of trying to get into Europe next year, but what else are you going to try and do to grow this this you know this? monster yeah. as it is. so i think next year is the uh fifth year anniversary of planet loss the first record as well so we're looking at doing a couple of little bits for that as well um that's in the works as well for next year again more shows bigger shows we've got this yeah. frozen soul one coming up just gonna be amazing uh our tangent coming up we're playing up in edinburgh for the first time as well in september which is gonna be really good with um uh, mastiff as well we're doing a couple of dates with them around that I think there's a couple of other bits potentially tentatively in the diary for early next year, looking at doing some more support slots for big bands and bits like yeah. that as well. And um, yeah, just taking everything that we can get pretty much, you know, grabbing yeah. it by the horns and pushing it as far as it will go. Yeah. And I think you've got to, I mean, you, you know, if an opportunity comes along, you can't, you can't turn it down. I mean, that the sort of three dates with frozen soul is a great little package that, you know, they obviously, they go on to bloodstock as well, which, which is great, but I guess for international bands now, it's it's difficult to be, especially from the US, to then come to Europe or the UK and Europe. I think that seems to be the struggle to try and do both. 
Yeah. So, you know, when, when they do drop in these little shows like that, we we as fans have to support it. We we have to turn up and otherwise they're just not gonna it's just gonna stop happening. Exactly. It's one of those things like if I wasn't if we weren't playing, I'd be there anyway. Like yeah. drop of a yeah. hat as well. There's so many little amazing runs like that going on on like I think Regana are coming over and doing some bits with Dawn Raid and just yeah. loads of really sick little shows that use them or lose them, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there is there's a there's a great tour going around UK and Europe in the autumn. You've got um High Command and Human Nature and yeah and Ninth Realm are coming over as well. It's little things like that. These grubby little venues. Hell Ripper are coming back to London in Yeah, bless them. In October. Really looking forward to that. They were they've they were so good with Warbringer a couple of months ago. So yeah, they, they've been smashed. I saw them at a tiny venue in Brighton Quadrant with like 20 or 30 other people years ago. Yeah. And just even since then to watch them go from that to where they are now, it's like they deserve this every step yeah, away. Like they've been smashing it from like day one, you know. It's just yeah. fucking sick, really. Yeah, it's taken another level up, I think, with a new album. And and it's that's come out on the stage now. And I was speaking to him after the show and I said to him, it was it was Tufnell Park Dome, that show. And nice. I said, This you coming back to London, this is where you need to be playing a venue this size. He was like, No, it's gonna be the black heart because I want to be in a small venue. I want to be on a little stage. I want to be in everybody's face. And I, yeah. I love that. I love that, that people want to do that. It's so cool. And there's so many like big bands playing small ones, you know, even for the size of them, fucking Converge playing at Boom up in Leeds, yeah. which is just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. But With Caven as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Isn't it? Yeah. Off the top yeah. of my head, yeah. Yeah, see, 20 years ago, I'm not a Converge fan, but 20 years ago, People would have gone absolutely apeshit for that, and it would have been moved to a bigger venue. It's it's just great to see stuff popping up in small venues. It's yeah, it's it's wicked to see. Thank you for giving up an hour of your uh, of your Thursday evening. Um, for those that are listening to this and may not be familiar with Wallowing, please go and, and listen and, and fully immerse yourself in it because it's what we did, and and we just became sort of fascinated by it. And I I can't wait to see what you guys do next. Genuinely can't and. You know, I, I hope you sort of grow and grow from here and you get the opportunities you deserve because you know, it's, it's very difficult these days to find a band that are unique and you guys achieved that. So, you know, congratulations. Man. Yeah. Speaking of uh, next year, we're writing album three already as well. So, wheels already? in motion. Already. Wheels are in motion. Fucking it's up. all going on. All <laughs> yeah, right. it doesn't stop me. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Yeah. All right. But it keeps you busy, I suppose. Then it keeps you off the streets, but yeah exactly and yeah oh, thanks really for having me as well that. and uh yeah taking time to reach out to us all this has been really sick man no yeah great thanks for coming on and um and yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to catching you with frozen soul I'm really looking forward to that show i think it could be one of the highlights of the year it's such a good lineup so um so yeah um thanks everybody for listening this week um it's been a lot of fun we'll be back next week uh with dave from black city records in bristol again we're gonna have a little bit of fun with desert island discs but our own our own metal spin on it so uh yeah i look forward to that thanks for listening and we'll catch you soon stay metal <laughs>